You're about to listen to a new episode of Audio Signals. Get ready to take a journey into the known, the unknown, and everything in between. Recorded at no specific point in time nor space, ITSP Magazine's co-founders Marco Cipelli and Sean Martin follow their passion and curiosity as they venture away from the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society to discover new stories worth being told. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Nintex is the global standard for business process management and automation. The Nintex platform helps their clients accelerate progress on their digital transformation journeys by quickly and easily managing, automating, and optimizing business processes. Learn more at Nintex.com. Blue Lava is the first business platform for CISOs to manage their security program. Blue Lava guides security leaders to effectively measure, optimize, and communicate their security program with confidence and ease in one platform. Learn more at bluelava.net. And here we go. This is Audio Signals, another episode. And another episode, I'm going to have this uh, conversation solo, which doesn't mean I'm going to talk to myself because that would not be fun. Sean is not here today, but I do have a great guest and I'm excited to have a conversation about a lot of things that I like, actually. One is music, one is uh, our planet, oceans, and uh, also ways to connect, uh, maybe to meditate, to learn more about ourselves, and uh, maybe to look at uh, fixing the, the, the things that we have broken as human and, uh, and to come out from this conversation maybe with a better view and some thinking that we can do as we move again outside of the audio signals of this conversation. Again, I'm not going to bore in everybody right now. I'm going to introduce our guest, which is Joshua Sam Miller. And uh, we're going to have a, what I think is going to be a very, very inspiring conversation. Joshua, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Marco. It's great to be here. And it's great to have you. When um, uh, your PR person, your agent suggested to have a conversation with you, I have to be honest, I did not hesitate again because of the many interests that I that I'm curious, I share, and and the love for this planet that unfortunately we're not really showing much as a, as humanity. But I'm positive. I'm gonna be positive, and I want to hear how you are contributing to to make things you know better. <laughs> and uh, but we're gonna start with you. Uh, a little background about who you are, what you do, and anything that you think is relevant to introduce yourself to the audience. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm happy to find a fellow ocean lover and um, environmental steward. That is definitely a passion of mine and one that has evolved uh, quite naturally over the years, actually. I, um, I grew up in New York City and was quite disconnected from nature for most of my, um, I'd say, life until I was in my mid-20s and started to 
really step out of my comfort zone and really start to travel and, and see environments that were very foreign to me, um, particularly in the north of Spain, walking a, a long pilgrimage uh, on the Camino de Santiago in 2013, um, after I had worked on a movie about that, that beautiful, beautiful walk, and um, really started to fall in love with the outdoors from uh, a whole new perspective. And from there, I wound up um, making my way to Australia and really falling in love with uh, backpacking trips, long backpacking trips, uh, spending time really alone in the woods and with friends and, and partner at the time and really just having a blast, you know, to um, connect with the natural world um, in a fully immersive way. And so very naturally for me, as I kind of shifted course um, from being more involved in the film side of the entertainment business to the music side of the uh, content creation, you know, business, you could say, I just naturally felt called to include recordings of nature in the music. And um, that's pretty much what I, what I do now and um, have, have been so excited and so grateful that I've been able to, to blend those, those recordings with original music because uh, it's really offered me a lot of, of peace and, and happiness. Well, that's great. But tell me the part about the, the music because uh, I can travel and I can go see places, probably not the kind of outdoorsy meaning to spend time alone and camping. I'm not that kind of person, but I do love traveling and I, I share that with you. And I love music. I, I'm not exactly the guy that could play the guitar in public, but I enjoy it. While well, you connected the music with the other passion for the environment and traveling that you discover. So how, how did Kem about? I'm sure that wasn't coming from uh, from the nature <laughs> alone. You, did you study that? Did you Were you a musician to start with? Um, well, I, I grew up pretty much making sound out of anything I could find. <laughs> um, I had a, a nickname actually from my, my sister and my cousins, which was the king of all noises. That was... <laughs> That was my role as nice. a as a little child, and um, never really took it too seriously for for forever. I still don't, <laughs> but I <laughs> I never really saw it as a, a profession. Um, always something that I did as a hobby, as something that you know was just fun. And I wound up um, failing an audition to become a percussionist at an elementary school growing up in America. So I was assigned to learn to play the clarinet and that became my main instrument and only instrument for about say 10 or so years um, going through the, the public school system. And I'm so grateful for that. Let me tell you, because I was, I was a bit bummed, you know, to not be able to play the instrument that I thought I wanted to play but it really allowed me to study an instrument that I'm, I'm happy I know how to play now, you know? And um, that really has been a, a, a constant throughout my life, even though I have gone through many years of, of not playing um, or putting it down and putting it aside 
to focus on other things, it, um, it's always there and it always comes back when I, when I need it to. And it's interesting you say, you know, the music didn't come from nature. And yeah, on a level, you're right. It didn't because I, I had that musical um, interest, you know, before I really found myself connecting with nature. But really what started to inspire me was the music of nature. And I know. I, I, I got to stop you because right when I said that, I was like thinking, hmm, maybe this is going to come out not the way I meant. That's okay. <laughs> That's but okay. be, because the, there is definitely this connection. So in a way, he brought us back to talk about that. So mm -hmm. let's go there, like this, this connection. I love the fact that you say you, as a kid, you were playing with everything. And I was just checking your website um, about sounds of the ocean. And the first thing you see is you blowing into a, a, a big shell. And I'm assuming making those beautiful uh, noise that as every kid dream can do. Right. So, uh, Let's connect the, the, the two things and, and, and maybe throw the ocean in there as well. Oh, sure, sure. You know, the, the music that exists in nature is, is very um, robust. You know, I, I've studied a lot of different lineages of music, mostly from Eastern traditions in um, northern India, a uh, little bit Pakistan and Indonesia. And there's such a deep appreciation and connection to pull inspiration from the natural, the natural world. Um, you might be familiar with the Indian Raga system of music, and there are actually certain uh, scales or certain moods that are intended to be played at certain times of day um, and also certain times of year. So it's, it's fascinating, you know, as a, as a Westerner to really be able to understand the world through sound and through music um, in a way that, that just feels right. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to make sense um, or understand the why behind, you know, why is this particular raga supposed to be played at night? That's just the way it is. And you have to accept that. And when you can, or when I, when I was able to accept that, uh, life really started to flow in a much more um, organic way, I would say. Um, which definitely brings me to my passion for the ocean because I was, um, I was actually teaching some yoga classes in Santa Cruz, California, uh, helping people connect with sound as a, a yogic practice, you know, as a deep listening exercise and a way to really understand themselves. And a friend of mine now and a stranger at the time came up to me after one of the workshops and said, that was really nice. Thank you. And if, uh, if you'd ever like to work with recordings of whales and dolphins, come to my office. And he happened to work at the Monterey Bay Aquatic Research Institute and gave me a library of recordings that I used a lot in my project called Sounds of the Ocean. And I'll never forget that moment because... I was not expecting to hear sounds of humpback whales and then decide to create, you know, an entire project, um, marine conservation project based on that. But the, the practice of listening and the, the active, you know, participation in, um, in just being part of that conversation and that relationship with, uh, with my friend John allowed me to really open up my repertoire 
to to now be accessing an entirely different world, um, being under the sea, and it's amazing what it sounds like down there. So I'm I'm very happy I was willing to do that at the time. I love that. A couple of points that come to my mind. One is about letting things happen, right? Like many times in in this really busy you know, lifestyle that we have, especially, you know, in certain part of the world. I mean, you, we were talking even before starting the recording about the, the passion for traveling. And and you just explain again here that you've been opening to opportunity that were coming and, and you, you took the one that you you, you find inspi- inspiring and, and I'm sure many others, they didn't grab your attention. So um, and the other thing is I cannot not think as a big Disney fan and Pixar about, you know, finding Nemo and, and the sound of all the, you know, that, that full experience that I'm, I hope made a lot of kids and adults fall in love with, with the ocean as well. So t- can you tell me a little bit more about uh, this connection with the Monterey um, Ocean Institute and, and how do you actually using these sounds? How do they capture I'm very interested in in that. I've seen documentary, but maybe your your perspective is a little bit different because it's a little bit more artistic, I guess, a little less scientific. Hmm. Yeah, thank you for asking that. And like anything, I think that anybody gets really into, there has to be that personal connection. And I was very lucky to grow up a scuba diver and get to spend a lot of time underwater. So I had this felt sense in my body of, of what it's like to be underwater, fully immersed, you know, in the sea. And I think that that really helped me start to compose music that is designed to support people's um, nervous system to relax and let go and, and go with the flow, literally, of, of wherever this beautiful element of water wants to take you. And be open to that because, um, you know, our modern society that forces us to live on a very tight schedule in order to provide for ourselves and survive and show up every day to, you know, be productive doesn't really allow for so much of that creative flow. Um, and this, this project, this composition is all about that. It's really all about allowing your emotions to rise to the surface of your body as you travel through the music and through the depths of the ocean. Um, we, I've kind of composed the journey to be mimicking a scuba dive and we start out at the surface, we dive down and then come back up um, over the course of about 45 minutes. And in our live concerts, we stretch that to about 90 minutes. So and you use visuals as well, right? I was watching some pieces of the on YouTube. We do. Yes. Oh, the the experience started off as a uh, audio only experience for about 2 years, but over the last 6 months we've produced some visual content that uh, as you mentioned before, I'm happy you've picked up on it is very artistic and really created with that intention of allowing your mind to travel to really go wherever it needs to go and, and not necessarily even realize you're watching a dolphin, you're watching a whale, but to connect with that 
species and the energy that they make you feel. Um, so we've partnered with some incredible underwater filmmakers as well as visual artists to create that. And I'm, I'm so humbled and, and grateful that we have this uh, resource now because I think the experience becomes that much more um, potent for people who you know, are, are more visual. And of course, the audio experience is always there. If, if you want to have it, you can just close your eyes. But if you want to have your eyes open, it's pretty incredible to travel with these creatures and just see where they take you. I guess it's your choice if you the way you want to experience it, right? I mean, I, I love yes. what you just said. Like, I'm a big fan of. I love watching movie, but I like to picture movies in my head. So I'm, I like podcast, of course. I love radio. I grew up with you know loving radio and. And, uh, and, and yeah, audiobook. I mean, I, I'd rather imagine this world in, in my head as they describe it. But on the other hand, I had this visual experience, immersive experience. I don't know, I can mention, you know, the, the concert, the, the U2 concert, the Joshua Tree, where you have all the, the, the view of the Joshua Tree and the desert in the wow. back. And it gets, you know, you kind of get emotional just thinking about it. So I can totally imagine the experience there. Uh, you mentioned some of the partners that you work with, uh, cinematography, uh, scientists, um, and I know that you're involved with organizations to protect uh, the environment as well. So can you tell me a little bit more about that, how you get connected and how you work with them? Yes, absolutely. And this is this has been such a uh, inspiring part of this project in particular because we are able to make a big impact with our live concerts and our digital um, music releases through these partnerships and really do something for the ocean. Um, so for example, as we tour, um, it's really important to me that we always give back locally and that we're working with local groups of which there are thousands. I'm really inspired by that. Thousands of ocean conservation groups around the world who all really, really, really care about doing something for the benefit of the planet. And so what we do is um, as we plan our tours, we reach out to those um, local venues and ask, might you know of one? Might you know of a company we can bring in to make this concert a a fundraiser, or at least give them a stage to speak on and let people know locally how they can get involved in beach cleanups or campaigns, signing petitions, um, things that really make a difference in that specific community. And I, and I think that's something that makes our project really unique, you know, because we're partnering with a lot of different companies everywhere we, everywhere we go. And for our, our larger partnerships, we're working with uh, one company right now called Oceanic Global, who just produced the UN World Oceans Day celebration on June 8th, which was coinciding with our album release day. And we're gonna have all of the profits of the album that are sold through our website go to benefit their amazing work. And this is um, something that I'm very happy to be announcing and, and really encourage anyone who wants to to support the ocean and also listen to some nice music. Uh, I, I, I hope you'll find it nice, at least, 
to um, to consider picking that up because the money will go to a good cause. Yeah, absolutely. And and I I'm sorry we're late to that release, but you know that's sometimes how timing happen. But that's I okay. know I know that you you will make uh, other concerts, you will make other uh, other events coming up. And you you were mentioning something that we we will probably will happen really soon when people are going to listen to this. And of course, there's not an expiration day on a podcast. So if maybe people listen in a year from now, maybe there is even a new album. Who knows? Maybe there are other things. But there, tell us about what's coming up next in terms of um, concerts, live concerts. And maybe even when it started, I, you were actually a burning man. I was looking at the, the website. So Tell me a little bit of the past experience and the one coming up. Okay, sure. Well, the one, uh, the, the next concert that we have coming up, which, you know, it's always, I think, good to start now and then work backwards. Yeah. Is, um, is on July 1st at the Lisbon Planetarium. And we are part of the United Nations Ocean Conference that's coming to Portugal this year. It's been delayed for two years now due to coronavirus. So we're very much looking forward to this gathering of um, different stakeholders in the conservation world and government officials who are going to be uh, working in Lisbon for the entire week uh, next week, uh, starting the 27th, to really discuss how we can make a difference and, and make some commitments to how we can make a, a difference to the ocean problems that exist. And our concert is uh, going to close out the week. We're on Friday night um, at the Planetarium. It'll be the full immersive experience with live music, visuals, a dance performance, and um, of course the recordings of whales and dolphins. So if you're available in Lisbon, please check that out and uh, come. And come I, I love how you're actually doing this to the Planetarium. You're connecting the space as well. So we go in the deep of the ocean and in the deep outer space with that. Yes, it's amazing how similar they are, I have yes. to say. Yeah. It's, it's astounding. And um, what we're finding, the more planetarians we work with, uh, people don't quite see that right away. But once they do, it's like an aha moment. And it's really fun to watch that happen because I think there are a lot of planetariums around the world that could really like something like this. Absolutely. Yeah, I can, I can see that right away. But to answer your, your back past events question, um, yeah, when I first met these recordings or when they first met me, I, it was 2019. And since then, we've been on a world tour going to North America, Central America, Europe and the Middle East. And This has just been a, an adventure of a lifetime, I have to say, uh, particularly pulling inspiration from Costa Rica and Egypt, playing at um, music festivals in the Sahara Desert, uh, as well as on the coast of the Pacific Ocean in a village that is, sits next to a naturally forming um, geographic feature called the Whale's Tail in Uvita, Costa Rica, which is actually where most of the album we just released was recorded. And there's something very special about these places, I think, uh, on this planet. And I'm excited that this project has gotten to receive what they have to offer and, and you know, channel it through a musical offering, um, which is 
of course, you know, one person's interpretation of what that is like and endless possibilities to discover more. Talking about the endless possibility, it sounds to me you're doing a kind of like a multimedia experience. And even on your website, you have section dedicated to music, to art and film and, and everything else so i feel like it's it's kind of like a growing project yes how do you get inspired apart from your passion of you know being a scuba diver being a musician and putting all these things together which is a beautiful gift i think that someone can have to turn their passion into their profession but how do you plan the next step do you learn from each concert that you do, especially because I guess you have to adapt to the environment when you when you have this concert? It's not just like, let's make a stage and move it from one city to another. It feels like you're connecting with where you're playing. Can you tell me about that experience and maybe what, what you carry back with you from each one of those experiences? Yeah, that, absolutely. Um... I'd say it's a, it's a very evolving journey and requires, um, has required a very good balance of having a clear intention of where I want to go and then being very open-minded to listen to what really comes back and go with that, you know, go with what's working um, and then leave the rest. I think there's a line, um, I forget who said it, but take the best, leave the rest. <laughs> that's, that's definitely been a bit of a mantra going, going through this because some ideas work, some ideas don't, um, both creatively and strategically in, in the show's development. And I guess, uh, yeah, that, that would be a summary of, of how I think about the evolution of the project and You know, right now I'm, I'm very excited about the growth that's possible because we're starting to move into more immersive uh, types of spaces with some incredible technology that really can allow a person to feel like they're right in the ocean. And it's very exciting how this trend is becoming so popular around the world. And I really think that more spaces that have that type of technology can really add to the cause, you know, and contribute to it in a very positive way to allocate those spaces for the purpose of connecting with, with nature and with the environment. So we're, um, yeah, we're looking at moving into formats that aren't necessarily live and more uh, of an experience that people can come to on a, on a regular basis and see what that's like. So this is audio podcast uh, people know that we do video sometimes and if they were on video they probably see a big smile on my face because people that follow me they know i love to talk about the metaverse and virtual nice. reality so <laughs> we did not plan this joshua please tell everybody i didn't plan to have this conversation but you went there and i i I'm actually imagine this to be an immersive experience Yes. As, a, as a metaverse, I mean, people are going there. You put your goggle, you experience to be underwater, maybe to be this scuba diver uh, looking at this while you hear this this noise. So tell me about the how you're envisioning. You, you kind of started, but keep going, please. The, the role of technology 
in connecting us with nature because I, I love this conversation. If we can dedicate a few minutes to that, I, I will be very thankful about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is this is very uh, much you know in development. So I feel like you and I need to have a longer talk about this. And I'm so happy we yes we got <laughs> here on this um, on this podcast. But um, let's see. For now, I am working on a, a virtual reality format of the concert that was actually filmed on the Red Sea in Egypt last last year, and have a concept uh, in the works to take you right to that location and allow you to um, to be there with me you know while we're we're listening to the music and i'm also quite inspired by the technology that you know what's possible um i was just part of a film festival in germany called the full dome festival and they had so many incredible films that really i think use the technology in a good way which is so important, you know, I, I think back when 3D, you know, movie making ability came out, a lot of directors started to use it because it was cool and because it was something new that maybe would sell. I don't know, you know, I wasn't one of those guys. I, but, I call them the blinking light. So in, yeah. when we talk about cybersecurity technologies, the question is always, why do we do use that technology is it because we can or yeah. because we should exactly and i think that's that's going to be really important to me as this as this project develops in that direction to embrace more technology because focus has to be build connection with the natural world and keep it simple but um within that you know see where we can go because I think it's pretty amazing for a person to be at home, you know, who maybe lives in a dense urban city and traveling is quite difficult and also very unsustainable to explore these possibilities of accessing virtual reality, augmented reality, the metaverse, uh, and, and travel, you know, travel to some pretty gorgeous environments that are real. So um, I'm all for it. And yes, we could go even more philosophical than this, but I, I'm not. I'm not going to go there. We we're getting towards the end of our conversation, and as you mentioned, I'm very open to explore other other uh, angles. Uh, that's Great. for sure. I mean, it just connect a lot of my passion on it. And uh, first of all, I I'll definitely going to check out your album. Uh, be happy to participate in the contribution to what you're doing. But let, let's close maybe to by talking a little bit more about this, this album, like your experience in doing it. I, I, it captured my attention when I was reading uh, some paragraph about what the album was like or your experience. I mean, the people that experience when you play that you said it's more you following the sound of nature than than your music to be the main part of it. And I, I was captivated by it because I, I love it. I mean, it's like, you know, it's kind of like imagine that's you're not the lead. <laughs> you're more mm. like accompanying the, the music that comes from nature. I, I love to hear your perspective on that. Oh, sure. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that because that is a huge part of how this project came to exist. And 
when I first heard these recordings of humpback whales, um, bottlenose dolphins, and blue whales in particularly, I really heard that they have a lot to say. They really do. They, they have a lot to say. And it's very hard to really stay present enough for, for myself. It was very hard to stay present enough to listen to what they have to say for a while because it, it's hard to relate to and it gets a little bit distracting and at times a little uncomfortable because the sounds are so intense, um, both in the really high frequencies and the very low frequencies. So when I, when I set out to compose music that would support what they have to say, I really did picture them as the lead singers of the band, so to speak. That was, that was a, a line that kept going through my mind and it felt right. You know, it felt right to approach it that way and make choices around the types of instruments that I wanted to work with and the amount of melody to include and the amount of rhythm and song progression um, to really all come back to that kind of philosophy of what this album is all about. And I, I kind of wanted to work within some constraints. So at first I actually only chose instruments that either came from the ocean or somehow were connecting with the element of water. And for example, I use a bass drum that is a traditional water drum that's uh, very common in, in Africa and was able to record the sound of the water from a hydrophone inside the bowl that the drum is played on. Um, I don't know if those who are listening have ever seen a water drum, but it's kind of like a, an upside down gourd that sits uh, on top of a bowl of water. So it's floating. And there's this incredible resonance um, underneath it that just picks up a very unusual sound. So I tried to approach it with that type of um, intention to really make this connection with water a very big part of, of the listener's experience and, and not really compete with what the whales are saying at all because, I mean, why would I, you know? And that, I think, really set it up to be a very, um, yeah, a very special journey that, you know, really takes people to a deep place um, within themselves and my job is just to kind of be the guide to to support that you know and not really get in the way that, that was my my goal is inspiring I, I, I'm going to again listen to this and, and, and listen it keeping in mind what you just said so who I'm going to pay attention who is the lead singer there or the, the soloist or you know. okay cool <laughs> yeah. I, I, I am definitely going to play with, uh, with that uh, again uh, Joshua thank you so much I, I, I love to start my day here in, uh, in LA with this to be my first podcast of the day it's inspiring uh, when there is music it's always a winner for me not always but if I talk about it usually I'm inspired by that there are 
some other kind of music I may not be a big fan of, but uh, you put together, again, nature, supporting the environment, um, well-being for ourselves as individuals. So it's not just about supporting the environment. I think we didn't talk about that, but I'm assuming that people that listen to this music, there is also a, a way for them to use it in rela relaxation and meditation and you touch on a few of those things. Overall, a great conversation that I would love to keep talking about. The next step, the technology, the other multimedia that you're going to add to that experience. So feel free to come back any anytime. Great. Thank you. Yeah, let's do it. This has been a wonderful conversation and I'm grateful to have me on the show. All right. For everybody listening right now, as usual, there will be notes on the podcast with links to uh, Joshua's website and uh, social media and uh, yeah I encourage you to participate and donate to a really good uh, really good cow so thank you very much stay tuned to audio signals and uh, I'll catch you in the next episode thank you very much Blue Lava is the first business platform for CISOs to manage their security program. Blue Lava guides security leaders to effectively measure, optimize, and communicate their security program with confidence and ease in one platform. Learn more at bluelava.net. Nintex is the global standard for business process management and automation. The Nintex platform helps their clients accelerate progress on their digital transformation journeys by quickly and easily managing, automating, and optimizing business processes. Learn more at Nintex.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Audio Signals. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society, and some even beyond that.